Good afternoon, morning, or evening. Whenever you're hearing the show, we air it various times on Radio Brave. And, of course, we're uh, available for download uh, really anytime you want to listen. It's it's that on-demand thing they talk about. Uh, welcome to Smoking and Toasting. This is the radio program that's all about uh, fine cigars, great spirits, and craft beers. And we are uh, excited about the show today. We'll get to that in a moment. But uh, first of all, hello to my uh, always charming and handsome co-host, Mr. Ian Barry. Uh, you had me at charming. And yes, handsome. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> that's what uh, that's what your that's what your wife told me to I was, say. So. I was almost distracted. Yeah. I'm trying to keep up with uh, publishing that on the uh, uh, oh, Facebook right now. Yes. Well. This is a very exciting show, and this is especially exciting for me because it combines two of my very favorite things in the world, because Stuart's Gloss from Pura Vida Tequila is uh, joining us today. And me. He has brought tons of Pura Vida. And then we're also going to sample uh, three IPAs today. So IPA and tequila, like, it just doesn't get I would, much better I would like to that. point out that I thought about you. And I, brought an IPA. I know you did. This is the. It's really unusual. <laughs> Ian and I were speaking on the phone, you know, kind of talking about things for the show, and he said, uh, "Oh, I'll bring an IPA." I was like, "What? You're bringing the IPA?" <laughs> but I was going to bring IPA, so we decided to do all IPAs uh, for the show today. Today so. will be IPA day. Yes, yeah, so, IPA and, and uh, Pura Vida. And we will talk tequila with uh, with Stuart Slosto. What uh, I really love about this is I know I've known Stuart for a little while, and so we'll be able to ask him about the whole tequila making process, how he got into it, how he learned, you know, what tequila was all about from you know the standpoint other than just drinking and tasting and enjoying, but actually how you make the stuff, how it's really you know how you how you figure out what's going to be good and what's not. Right, you don't just go out and squeeze a cactus, right? No, it's it's similar to that, but not exactly uh, not exactly <laughs> that, that hurts. So yeah, so, so we'll get to that. Uh, the beers were tasting today uh, all IPAs a Galveston Island Brewing Citramello IPA that sounds fun from Galveston so that's pretty interesting and then from uh, Michigan we've been seem like we've been tasting a lot of Michigan uh, ales and beers lately the Jolly Pumpkin Artisan Ales Smash Grabbed and Hop Dusted IPA. I just want to point out, in Michigan, it's very cold in the winter. There's not much else to do but brew. Apparently so, because Michigan's like one of the leading states for microbreweries. Seriously. Yes, yes. They've got not much else to do but brew. And while some of the other state and brewery things are slowing down, Michigan's like crazy. Yeah. It's, it's exploding <laughs> like crazy. Well, this is a bottle. This one's a bomber. And uh, Joey uh, Williams at Spec stuck this one into my hands the last time I was there shopping. That guy's and said, fun. You're going to want this. I was like, okay. That was all I needed. I didn't even ask how much it was. And then I got to the register. And I was like, oh my God. No, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> it wasn't that bad. But sometimes those bombers, you know, sometimes they're eight or nine dollars. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they're significantly more sometimes than that. They are. So uh and then uh, Ian has brought, and I'm really excited about this, the dogfish head 120 minutes. I haven't seen it in a long time, actually. Yeah. So uh I was I was walking through uh the store and I just happened to look down because I like I like some dogfish head beers, like their Indian brown ales mm-hmm. is brilliant well and we've me. talked about the 90 minute yeah and the 90 yeah. minute ipa is to me one of the best ipas out there and so i just hadn't seen the 120 minute in a, uh in quite a while and i looked down and i said oh they got bottles of 120 so i bought one yeah so and that is not a bomber and it was ten dollars yes exactly <laughs> that's exactly true you know i i often do that uh, uh that end of the aisle thing at specs where you can put your own six pack together uh-huh. and i never of course look at the price and some of those beers are not <laughs> you know uh, some of them are like buying a bomber like you said well yeah like so uh so it's specs they actually have the beers individually like that mm-hmm. but they'll have some really high-end beers and some you know yeah, medium and some price medium beers price, and stuff yeah. like that 
if you go to the D and Q Mart where I shop, sometimes that's just like anything that's in that. Case Throw it all together and you get it to the six pack price. Right. Yeah? yeah, yeah, that's a good thing. We got to make a, another trip to the D and Q. I like yeah, that, that place. place is fun. I like that place. Um, we have a Captain Obvious report in uh, in the show today. Uh, a new FDA study has found that children are not smoking handmade cigars. The Captain Obvious report will be. I uh, am. So proud of our FDA. Yeah, your your tax money and mine went for that one. So I'm so proud of that. <laughs> Way to justify your own existence, buddies. Uh, plus, uh, Cohiba's launching a uh, a budget line cigar. So this is a, this is a first. Cohiba's never done a less expensive line either in the Cuban or in the uh, you know other the Dominican and, and Nicaraguan. No, ones. I so, think all all Cohibas start pretty much at super premium. Don't yes, they? I think so. Well, this uh, this new one is called Cohiba Blue, and so we have details on that as well. So it's it's uh, going to be a good show. Did you uh, smoke anything interesting this weekend? I did actually, um, and uh, and then I forgot all my notes on it. But my yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my wonderful wife found my notes and took a picture of it. So, oh, okay. So now I'm reading my bad handwriting off of uh, a picture. Oh, on this my should phone. be interesting. <laughs> the cigar. If I start speaking French, yeah. oh. Uh, beyond all that, I was actually writing this in the dark because we were at a buddy of mine's house on his back patio, and it wasn't lit where we were sitting. So. This looks pretty funny. So this was a Maker's Mark uh, um, cigar that was um, the original bourbon cigar by Ted's. Oh, so this is an infused cigar. This is an infused cigar. And I've never had one of these. I've had a Maker's Mark cigar, but never the Ted's original bourbon Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. infused one. And my wife uh, just stopped on the way out there and picked me up a cigar because I was coming straight from work. I didn't have a cigar in my pocket. Um so always uh, have a cigar in your pocket. Well, right? yeah, I actually, and one of my favorite go tos for that is the little Nub Maduro uh-huh, tubo uh-huh. because that's it's small, compact, and you it's can a good, always great keep it in smoke, your pocket. Yeah. Yep. So I was trying to figure out what was going on with this thing. It had such a weird, pleasant but weird pre light sniff. Like it had, it smelled like a fruitcake. Yes, it smelled like a, I understand like this. I know exactly what you're talking about. And honeysuckle and floral. It was very mm-hmm. bizarre. Uh, the prelate draw was like sweet vanilla y with some mocha and cinnamon and, mm-hmm. and fruit. Lots of fruit in this thing. And you don't think of fruit and cigars no, as going together. It was no. really weird. The uh the initial light fruit right up front, leather, almond, and a little buttery kind of flavor mm-hmm. to it. Mm-hmm. Um it was a pretty smooth cigar. It smoothed out a little bit, um, and just was a fruity blast and a creamy kind of smoke. A little apricot, maybe I taste it was so weird. It just was nothing but fruit. Um and the, I guess it was that bourbon mm-hmm. kind of infused thing. So uh, by the second third of this, it was a big smoke, still fruit, cinnamon, and I started getting a lot of oak, a lot of wood flavors in it, mm. and uh, and still a little bit of leather going on. And by the last third of this, um, I accidentally let it go out and relit it with no penalty, no penalty. whatsoever, and uh, you know smoked it down till it was till it was pretty close to my fingers. I really enjoyed the cigar overall. It was a nice big light. It was about a medium. Uh, about a medium to medium full smoke. Uh, the construction was really good. I never had to tend it other than the fact that I let it uh, go out the one mm-hmm. time. Um, I was drinking beer with it. Uh, Lone Star, to be exact, just a basic, mm-hmm. you know, light beer. And uh, and it went well, and I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it tremendously. So uh, she paid, I think she said she paid almost 15 for it. At $15, I think she got a little overcharged. Um uh, and I would give it about a five or a four. Yeah. Uh, online, I see them. They usually sell for ten dollars each for that size. At so ten dollars, I'd give price, it a six. A six. Okay, yeah. that's good then. That's good. So you know, a lot of people are cigar purists, and they don't like anything 
infused. And uh, I'm one of those people who it's not my favorite thing, but like I really enjoy some of the acid cigars and yeah, and some of yeah, the yeah, some the of the other ones that are really or well the done. Drew Estate Naturals. But and- would you say that the infusion works as well with this as it does with you know like an acid? Or, I thought or it was a good cigar. It's not going to be a daily smoke for me, but it's one of those where if I just want something a little different, I would definitely go back to it. That's good because it had a yeah. real sweetness that that fruity sweetness to it was just it was really nice and it made the beer interesting too you know? yeah i bet yeah you know I so i mean the beer was good with it and it didn't cover up the beer flavor or anything like that even though i was drinking a very light uh bodied beer mm-hmm. in general i was drinking you know a, a lone star lager, lone star so. lager yeah well i had a, a pretty interesting smoke this week uh too i had uh, and i managed to score a box of these relatively inexpensively online and uh, smoked the my, my father la reloba selection habano corona and this is what you would call my father's sort of budget line i guess it's not you know most of my father's cigars are generally starting at about eight nine ten eleven twelve thirteen dollars uh this one starts a little less uh, a lot less actually so i didn't know oh you're holding one up for the camera nice um so i didn't know really what to expect i mean my father's always good but you know some there's been some great cigar companies that have released like some of rocky patel's like budget ones not that good uh so i didn't know what to expect and i was actually really pleased overall it was a really nice looking smaller cigar pre-light draw earthy with some tobacco um it's got uh, an Ecuador and Habana wrapper. The binder and fillers are Nicaraguan. Uh, and then I light it up, and it's medium to full. And it's really good. Opens up with tobacco flavors, uh, some earth and leather. Partway in, it starts picking up pepper and spice and, and really behaving like a much more complex cigar than I was expecting because it was, like I said, because it's a less expensive My one. father is just a uh, force to be reckoned with. It's almost cigars, like they can do you know, no wrong. Like, yeah, like it they, really they're is. just pretty amazing. Very pleased with the complexity on these. Now, it's not as complex as, you know, some of the more expensive My Father cigars that I've had, but it's not as expensive either. Overall, very good cigar. If you're somebody that feels like the My Father line is a little too pricey, try this baby. Uh, price to quality. I'd give it a seven and a half. It's a three dollar nice. cigar. Three nice. bucks. That puts it in the lawnmower range. Yeah, but it's way better than your average lawnmower, you know, uh, dog walker type cigar. So, uh, so yeah, I was I was really pleased. Nice, really nice. pleased. So, uh, well, and I'm glad you gave me one. That yeah, was... fortunately, I bought a box, so I, <laughs> so I brought I brought one. It was one of those things. I was like, well, it was, it was a really good price. So I was like, you know what? I'll try it. How bad can it be? It's my father. I'll use them for lawnmowers if if uh, right, right. Know, if if necessary. So, uh, except that I live in a high rise and I don't have to mow the lawn. So. Uh, yeah, your front lawn is, uh, figured out. is Discovery Green. I could have figured out something else, <laughs> I suppose, to use them for. So, anyway, so excited about uh, all the stuff coming up on the show. Stuart's class will join us in the next uh, segment. I've got lots of questions about uh, Pura Vida tequila, and I will tell you, you know, full disclosure, I've had lots of Pura Vida. And this is good stuff. I don't know that I've ever actually tried Pura Vida. Oh, well, the, you were in for a treat because yeah. this uh, this tequila is so even the, uh, you know, when you start drinking like the silver and the reposado, this tequila drinks like it's a much more expensive tequila than it actually sells. I guess for. it's I'll a good thing that. you're driving today. Uh, yes, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll try to take it easy here. but uh, uh, So we'll be coming back with, uh, with Stuart in just a moment, plus details on the Captain Obvious report from our uh, Food and Drug Administration. Children are not smoking premium cigars. I know you thought they were. I got to know not. how much they spent on this yeah, we'll research. Try to find that out. It's Smoking and Toasting. Thanks for joining us.
back to Smoking and Toasting. It's show number 38. Uh, we're talking tequila with Stuart Gloss, who's already like uh, chilling tequila here. And he's brought uh, Bloody Mary, uh, Bloody Mary Maria mixers and that are all part of the uh, Pura Vida line. It's El, El Guapo's Bloody Mary. And uh, the Sangarita, so. too. Yes. I, I want to point out that this man, uh, uh, we have a, a, a strange assortment of glasses and stuff. Yes. We don't have a... We have a, we like have a, a bar plethora. mixing set, a plethora, yes, <laughs> a cornucopia, if you will. Uh, we don't have like a proper bar set in here, which I, I, I'm feeling like we might be lacking. But he's making this work; like he doesn't oh, care. No, he's like, you can tell. You can tell that he, this is not his first tequila. He's rodeo. not, even, he's not even asking. He's like, I can Second. make this happen. Uh, Stuart, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank uh, you and I have known each other for quite a while, but it's nice to yeah. uh, to have you on on the program officially and uh, and to talk Pura Vida because uh, this is just. I, I, I'll say it at the top. This is an outstanding tequila, so it's going to be fun to taste, compare some of the uh, uh, some of the different varieties, and then I think you've got some other interesting things for us to taste. But you've already poured um, a little tequila taste. Yeah, right. uh, calling the pie the piper. Yes. So we're we're big on you know the opening of the bottle sound, the opening of the can sound, and now the shaker sound. That's yes. good. There you go. we're that's have to do that's that very time. good. So so uh, what is the first one you poured for? Well, the first Stuart? one. All right. So you have four expressions. In some cases, five expressions of tequila. You have your mm-hmm. blanco, which is right out of the tap. Mm-hmm. And then you have your reposado, which means rested in Spanish. And that's rested usually in three months plus to be qualified as a uh, reposado in oak barrel. Some people use French. Some people use American oak. And then the añejo, which is a year plus. We uh, age ours for 18 months plus on our añejo and eight months plus on our reposado. So the first one, you really, when you're talking about people say, oh, I want the more expensive tequila. That doesn't make a bit of difference. The blanco is, think of it as vodka. Your reposado is a bourbon, and your añejo is a cognac or brandy, and then your extra añejo is a is a finer cognac. Now all these brandy. come from the same distillate. Correct, correct. So the um, same liquid. They all start exact the exact same. same liquid. Right. So it depends on. Do you like vodka? Do you like bourbon? Do you like? Uh, think of you know your your blanco is usually an appetizer. You have with margaritas, mm-hmm. palomas, chispas, things mm-hmm, like that. Mm-hmm. Then at dinner you pour a glass of. Reposado next to a glass of sangrita, and you sip it side by side. That's your entree. And then your dessert is your añejo. And your dessert, when you just did something really great, is your extra. Is your extra. (laughs) Nice. That's your celebration, right? So now let me ask you about color, because a lot of people, I think, get confused with with color. Like silver versus gold, for example. Because some tequila companies... That's how they, you know, that's how they market and differentiate their tequila. It's their gold, or it's their silver, and then their añejo, uh, as opposed to, you know, uh, calling it reposado or or, or something. That, I think that gives it kind of the uh, the illusion of the silver is the second place and the gold is the first place. Kind right. Of thing. Well, let's get back to how we first met. I think it was spring break '83. I was Mr. Washboard, right <laughs> at uh, Louis's backyard. Yeah, and, yeah. So? <laughs> <laughs> that was a number of tequilas ago. For both right, of us, right. uh, yeah. Um, no, uh, but the uh, it the you have blanco, which we decided to call it. You have blanco or silver, mm-hmm. and so it really depends on the audience you're going after. The United States is actually the largest tequila market, almost twice that of, of Mexico, more so than Mexico. Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. And then uh, the reposado, our gold. We came out. We called it gold here in the United States, 
And um, we did that because the number one drink in the United States is a margarita, and the number one margarita is a gold margarita. Gold margarita yeah. So we thought from a marketing standpoint, we yep. wanted yeah. to craft a, pun intended, craft a tequila that everybody mm-hmm. would like. Right. Because in the United States, we're such a blend of ethnicities. We're Eurasian, we're Latin, we're African, we're everything. And, and um, Americans love flavor. Whereas Mexicans in general like spice and bite, you know, it's, mm-hmm. a, it's a different culture, different type of food um, craving down there than it has been up here. And so we need to make something that would appeal to everybody. So we try to take the bite out without losing any of the flavor. Mm-hmm. And so um, we decided to call it gold. And I ran into more tequila aficionados that tried to explain to me what gold was. And you, know, you just have to sit there and try <laughs> and I don't need something, you know. <laughs> 19-year-old bartender telling me how, like how it's the, made. They all know more than you, Absolutely, right? <laughs> absolutely. So, um, you know, gold, the the word gold was coined, I guess pun intended again, by Cuervo because they figured they could sell something by calling it gold for more money and appeal to more people with it being gold. So right. all that they did was add caramel. That's all it is. It's Blanco. Nice. With caramel. It's Blanco tequila with with caramel color. Correct. And, and is and it, does that impact the flavor at all? Well, it, it, it does. It of has course, a it makes more a little yeah, bit, a little, right. It does. It, it, it sweetens a little bit more. And you'll see a lot of tequilas where they're dark. They say, oh, these have been aged for five years. Bull. It's a, oh, you know, yes. yeah. They just added chocolate or caramel. You can actually say that here. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, okay. people say, oh, I can taste the hints of chocolate. Of course you can. <laughs> so I added a chocolate bar to it. <laughs> um, well... But, Go ahead. Uh, I was just say this. This is the blanco. You've chilled it yep. d- just a little bit. I, I like to. And this for is when the, you're to drink the blanco. Room temperature blanco is not what I like. You like um, it slightly chilled. Yeah, right? ch- chilled. If you're going to take it like this, this shot was invented by Hollywood. This is pretty smooth. It's incredibly smooth, and I'll get yeah. into that when you get a chance. But the shot was invented by Hollywood. Cowboy walks the bar. Give me a shot of whiskey. Right. Give me a shot of tequila. Right. You're not supposed to shoot tequila you're supposed to sip it so again the blanco is usually used for margaritas palomas chispas drinks there there are certain tequilas that aren't really worth sipping there's a lot of out of the 1600 i'd say there's probably 1400 i'm just gonna say that if if you need what i call training wheels the lime and the salt right right, you're not drinking your tequila right and you're not drinking the right tequila that's right and you know i you could make the same story for uh for whiskey too it's like Whiskey shouldn't be drunk as a shot either, unless the whiskey's not very good. In which case, yeah, throw you it have back. to, yes, right, absolutely. yeah. Uh, but but yes, you're you're right. So the blanco, you like it slightly uh, slightly chilled, right? If you're gonna if you're gonna drink it without ice mm-hmm. or even over ice, slightly chilled. Mm-hmm. And some people, if you like vodka, you're probably gonna like the blanco a little bit more. But it's more of a straightforward spirit. It's a very right? smooth Thank spirit. Thank yes, it is um, a smooth spirit. Well, it's it triple doesn't... distilled. So what I did is getting into the smooth. I'm sorry I jump all over the place sometimes. I'm kind of like a Mexican jumping bean. <laughs> um, but what I decided to do was take the bite, the traditional bite that we pepper. grew up with. It, uh, sorry, go ahead. There's, yeah. there's some pepper in here. It's delicious. Thank you. Thank you very much. So we decided to use the foundation of all spirits is water. Right. And you've got to have a great water so we're using uh, water from a well instead of a weight waster water treatment plant mm-hmm. our distillery is in the highest it's the highest distillery in the world in and terms of elevation and yeah, elevation it's in mazamitla so we, mm. we we made our first kitchen per se it was at the distillery from the vivancos then we tried to buy a distillery we put some money down on a, a big distillery in mexico and unfortunately our partner was a little bit uh in more financial trouble than he led us to believe. And when we started mm-hmm. having to make his payroll and pay his electric bill, um, we decided to find another kitchen. And we partnered up with a group in Mazamitla to make our tequila. So our formula is using 
water that is as clean as it can get. So our water is actually rainwater from the highest elevation. All There's the a lot of mineral taste in there that, that I'm picking up too. That's that's quite good. Now, well, are you still on the blanco? I'm still I'm yeah. still talking about the blanco. So as a matter of fact, so it's the, still lingering right there. It's delicious. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, taste so the blanco. Think about that. Now let's try the reposado. And the sangrita. So you take a sip of the tequila. You kiss tequila. You don't shoot. Mm-hmm. Take a sip of tequila, blow out, and then take a sip of the sangrita. Mm-hmm. And then take another sip of the tequila. Okay, so there's tequila. So, oh, see, and I, I'm already tasting such a difference yeah. in flavor between the Blanco and the Reposado. Absolutely. You know, i got to tell you something. Um, this may sound a little nuts, but I want to use the sangrita as a pizza sauce like this <laughs> smells so good and tastes so good there's a very very famous barbecue place in san antonio texas i'm not gonna mention their name but they switched their sauce over to our sangrita <laughs> and I like this is it's a fantastic idea. Is yeah. awesome and we've had people make spaghetti with it oh yeah yes, i could totally, totally see that yeah, so now how does it's interesting obviously the sangrita is very spicy yes um but what about that changes because that second taste of it's your palate getting yeah. used to the the boom boom the pow spices, the boom boom pow okay right. good yeah i like as fergie well, says it the the tequila <laughs> is so smooth and that's what you're absolutely right that you smoothed out the tequila what pro, is that just distilling it well, more it's, often it's how the do you water do the foundation of all spirits is water so you know if you don't have a great water foundation your whiskey your vodka whatever isn't going to have that great taste so we started with that then i want to do a triple distillation twice mm-hmm. in copper once in stainless steel some old world methods but we only use agave that are 23 percent or higher in sugar content most tequilas are 17 13 19 on the sugar content we liked it a little bit more of a sweeter profile and then we also we have great big speakers that are pointed at our fermentation tanks we've taken with wherever we go and we blast mexican mariachi music at it just so like so this people is are going mariachi infused right so it's a little bit of dance <laughs> in every sip so that it, is yeah. fantastic i have to say this I, i'm not kidding this is the best gold tequila on the market reposado the, the reposado right the I mean, heat is such a nice beautiful yeah. warmth and yeah this le- that, le- that it leaves you with. but if you compare this to uh, other tequila companies, you're going to have to compare it to their Añejo to get a fair comparison. That I agree that's, with. that's how good this yeah. tequila is. I mean, you could sit and sip this all night and and tell your guests that it's an Añejo, and they would never know, I think. It's it's that good. It's, I agree. That's I agree. quite delicious. Thank you mm. very much. Thank you. That's fantastic. So we started with the... Uh, the uh, reposado, uh, we went to. I'm sorry, started. I'm sorry with the blanco. Went to the reposado, and now this yeah, cruise has already had like three yes, or four I'm shots. <laughs> so. Now, is it, is it common to mix these like the sangrita and the? You, well, or we you have just a sip we have a bloody. Side. That's a bloody Maria. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's when you mix it, together. right? And uh, but I don't unless you're doing it with ice and you're shaking it. It's not the profile. I gotcha. I wouldn't do the sangrita. We actually have we invented the first bloody Mary Maria mix ever made, and that's what's our that's wow. this one right here. So next is going to be the Añejo, right? The Añejo, which is okay. aged. We do them for 16 to 18 months. Most people age them for a year. Some people, there's modern uh, methodology, cheating, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, they call right. it methodology <laughs> um, for uh, you know quickening the process, what they call the quickening, right. for aging. But ours are 16 to 18 months. All right, so we'll taste that one when we come back for segment three. You're listening to Smoking and Toasting. And our guest, Stuart Skloss, we are talking tequila and Pura Vida.
Thank you for joining us for Smoking and Toasting. It's show number 38. We are talking tequila with Stuart's Gloss from Pura Vida. And uh, I, I still remember actually discovering um, like better tequilas and realizing that you could pair them with cigars and, and how great a matchup that was. And that was when I started trying everybody's Añejo tequila. I played, I played in a Blues Beatles and Oldies band for a number of years, and our drummer was into tequila. Yeah. And up to that point, at tequila was just a was shot. Was he always on time? <laughs> Depending on how much tequila he had, <laughs> Tommy, I'm talking to you. Um, anyway, uh, but yeah, he actually introduced me to like better tequilas, and I was mm-hmm. like, "Wow, that yeah, really is good." Because I always thought tequila, I always thought the, you know the classic shot of Cuervo, and that to me is not my favorite flavor. So. Yeah, yeah, I get it, I get it. So this is the uh, añejo tequila that you put. right, right. So we have this, the añejo. Said, how long is sixteen, 16? to eighteen months on okay. average? Sometimes a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've been experimenting with barrels. We just I discovered Guadalajara uh, last night. I spent four days at the distillery. Um, we've got a new barrel maker um, that has been asking us to try some of his barrels. We've been using only single generation Jack Daniels barrels for our repo and for our añejo. We've got a great cognac barrel, a great cognac maker out of France that we use for our extra añejos. And uh, so we're getting ready to come up with the ultra añejo. Um, this is five years plus. And now, you've already got an extra Right, añejo. that's three years. And now that's we've three got years, the, so an ultra will the be ultra five. The ultra that's five plus, and uh, we're thinking we might even wait for six by the time it's released. Wow. But, so you're talking to Cooper about having barrels made specifically for this correct okay so we're uh we've got well the the barrels are actually made in mexico okay so using american oak and french oak and they're asking us to try both to see the difference and because the wood is the flavor and the, so these aren't going to be charred barrels like you get with uh with well, a lot we, of whiskey we've and been stuff. using jack daniels charred barrels mm-hmm. and they come in so that they're all the same we use everything only once right because if you use it again then it's kind of pull some of the flavor out in the first batch and then the second so we we buy our barrels we use them and then we sell them after that isn't a barrel finding the right barrel isn't that getting harder with all of the craft distilling that's going on and plus you got craft beers and bo- now and brewing, yeah. uh, that are that are wanting to use uh, you know uh, whiskey barrels and cognac barrels and other barrels for for uh, aging some of the beer for the aging, it is getting it's getting more expensive. There's plenty of wood, yeah, but it's getting a little more expensive now. Our um, on our American oak, we're using those are seventy those are seventy years plus mm-hmm. the trees they come from. And on just the just French for our oak, listeners, give us give us a visual on how uh, how big those barrels are, the actual size of the barrel. Um, Fifty two liters. So the the barrel that you typically see at your country store, I guess your uh, mm-hmm. um, you know the country store on the side of roads that you go to those those they always have a barrel there yeah they always do right the ones that you could wear if you had the straps no 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 no, that's (laughs) not the one you put on the uh, on the saint bernard either Uh, okay gotcha (laughs) (laughs) so no but uh it's that's got to be there's so many things you think about you think about okay i want to make a tequila i want to i want to distill something uh, you, you have to think about the barrels. You have to think about where the agave is coming from, where the water is coming from. There's so Everything. many different things, so even even down to the bottle. And Pure Vida has such a distinct and really beautiful kind of a classic uh, bottle. It's not a gimmicky tequila bottle. It's just it's just it's a blue really glass. beautiful is, blue glass. We are the, actually the only true blue glass. You'll see other blue glass, but it's painted on. So this reminded me of my childhood. Of uh, this is what an agave looks like. For those of you guys who can't see what we're talking about, imagine a um, it's like an upside down um, light bulb. 
Right. And so, right. which is what we thought of, and it's blue representing blue agave. Blue agave and the top yeah. is a silver, a pewter. We used to use solid metal balls with corks. Mm-hmm. And the problem with that I remember was, that in the earlier yeah, well, that's Our extra yeah. still has it. And uh-huh. as of Tuesday, we're going back to it. Really? Well, we had a problem with people putting them in the freezer. In the United States, people want to put their tequila in the freezer. And then the cork separates from the metal because of the glue, mm-hmm. and people are complaining. And so we right. said, let's go. And plus, in the heat, places like Los Cabos, Todos Santos, mm-hmm. when the heat would be out there, all of a sudden they'd pop off. And <laughs> so we decided a screw top was better. We went to the screw top, and it's better for holding the top on, but I just like that look and feel. You know, yeah. when I grew up, yeah. you'd, you'd have you'd be given your pellet guns and you'd take them apart and there'd be lead in there because weight meant quality. And I like that heavy bottle. You know, and so that's what <laughs> right, our bottles right. are. So. so I want to point out that this tequila is delicious. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> have you tried the Añejo yet? Yes, I've yeah. been drinking it. So you guys have been talking a, a lot. Mm. And I haven't been talking because I figured talk takes up a lot of drink time right Man, now. Man, I so. love this onion. Uh, this well, if you're in so Paris, good. you'd wind up at the Crazy Horse if you had a couple more of those yeah. onions. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, that. that's just that's just terrific. Stuart, when you started all of this, how well, how did you get into the Because you were doing other stuff. You I was, I was. You didn't come at this from the beverage industry, Well, I started you? my first tequila when I was 20 years old. I was driving from Guadalajara, Mexico to Puerto Vallarta. I was studying at the University of Texas Exchange Program. And we stumbled across a town called Tequila, Mexico, and we thought it was something that was set up for you know American tourists. Hey, it's kind of like Wally World or something like that. So <laughs> right. We pulled over, and my roommate had a black passport, a, a, a diplomatic passport. So when he pulled that out to go into the Quer- – all of a sudden, everybody came out of the woodwork. There were American diplomats in town, and that meant they didn't have to stand in line at the <laughs> consulate to get a visa anymore. So we created a tequila called Dos Hermanos, and this was in the late 80s. Um, a little bit before John Paul, J.P., um, mm-hmm. John Paul DeJoria, the owner of Patron, started his. And I think it lasted six weeks. It was called Dos Hermanos. And How was it? It, it was fantastic. It was a lot of fun. It was just you know, one of those drunken things you do. And we made a couple cases and sent it back to the U.S. And then I was trying to bring Wendy's and Burger King and FedEx down to Mexico. Fast forward 20 years later, John Paul DeJoria, the owner of Patron, was a partner of mine. And we were at dinner, and he said, Stuart, I... We just uh, sold 28% of, of uh, Patron today, and, and it was a long, drawn-out it's, it's deal. But I asked him for how much, and he told me. And um, I said, are you kidding me? I said, well, <laughs> so um, it, it was um, less than a billion and, and more than $500 million. Let me leave it that way. Wow. But, and that was for, for 28%, 28%. 28%. And he said, didn't you have a tequila company when you were 20-something? And I said, I did. And he said, you should have stuck with it. And I paused for a second. I said, first of all, fuck off. Um, <laughs> second of all, dinner's on you. And he said, I can take that. And I said, for life. And he said, I can take that too. <laughs> so he said, you yes. ought to start it again. And I said, I can't afford it. And he said, if you wait till you can afford it, you'll never do it. And that day I decided that's what I'd always wanted to do. I always envisioned having my own distillery and the agave plants mm-hmm. and being able to take family down there. And so that's what we did. And um, I uh, resigned as chairman of a group called Nopal on uh, on December 2019 and I actually incorporated this business um, right around there and for the rest of my life that's all I want to do is spirit. Now you did something I think really brilliant and really interesting very early on and that's that you started getting 
different well-respected musicians mm-hmm. involved with the tequila what what gave you that idea and and who who all have you got who who can you talk about that's involved free tickets that's what, free tickets that's, that's what got me that's what got me interested like i will trade you a bottle of tequila for two tickets in backstage pass um no uh billy gibbons who's a good friend of mine the own the zz top the zz yep. top mm-hmm. and uh billy and i were talking and i said i'm going to start a tequila company and I said, you want in? And he said, listen, I turned my back on tequila in my 20s in Boys Town because it turned its back on me. <laughs> but he said, if you'll make it, I'll try it. And if I try it, I'll join you. So I called him one day, and we were at a place called Roos Chris Steakhouse here in Houston. Yep, yep. And I said, all right, um, I've got it. You want to meet for lunch? And he said, what the hell are you talking about? And I said, the tequila. And he said, oh, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> I said, you promised. And he said, all right. And so he met me, and he said, this is delicious. Yeah. And he said, the aroma is just fantastic. And uh, I said, you like the smell of it? And he said, it doesn't have a smell. He said, it's got an aroma. And mm. so he said, this is incredible. So he was my first uh, partner and joined us. And then other friends, Billy is you know great friends with everybody from Keith Richards to Eric Clapton to, you know, you name Tommy Lee, you know, all the others. Actually, I have to tell this story real quickly. Billy G- Gibbons gave me his business card once and it says on it billy gibbons friend of clapton yeah friend of eric clapton (laughs) (laughs) i thought that's brilliant the closest i ever got i sold him an amp one time he was a super nice guy it's a blast having him as a partner i got a phone call one night and this guy says three o'clock in the morning Stuart, this is keith i said who and he said keith i said Keith who? He said, Richards. I was like, who the fuck is this? <laughs> He's like, Billy gave me your number. And I was like, oh, my oh, God. Well, oh, really? <laughs> and so I woke up, and, and he said, yeah. He said, can you send me some more tequila? And I said, well, I sent some to you. And he said, yeah, you sent it to my house. And he said, I'm not supposed to drink. My wife threw it away, so can you send it to my <laughs> office? <laughs> that's great. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah, so that's we've awesome. got also Sully Erna from Godsmack. Hopefully Keith's wife doesn't listen to podcasts. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> But Sully Erna from Godsmack was the second it's one. A hell of a nice guy, oh, too. I love it. Best. Sully, yeah. Sully and um, Charlie Sexton. Yeah, yeah. Love Charlie's Charlie a great Sexton friend too. from way yeah. back when Austin. And we got uh, some other guys that are getting involved that have asked to do some things in exchange for uh, shares. Dan- Danny Worsnop, who's a really mm-hmm. famous English hard rocker who's now going country. Aaron Lewis, mm-hmm. Jason Cassidy, a bunch of guys who've we've been very fortunate to have uh, help us move the brand along. It's it's nice. really it's really nice. I think having the music connection because you know when you i remember seeing some of the early ads for pura vida with the billy gibbons in the right. ad it's like immediately you go wait Party like a rock star what's this yeah. all about you know if you if you if you don't know so so just i just have to get back to this añejo and s- sipping this this is just such yeah. oh, okay a right before you say that spirit. a little bit of shameless self-promotion so yes. any of your friends need a guitar or a bass player let me know uh, got it all right <laughs> <laughs> will do just, yeah. Yeah. tell him you know a guy ian ian is the man so there you go <laughs> <laughs> well, that Añejo is my favorite. I'm getting married in November. Oh, um, congratulations. Yeah, thank congratulations. you. Beautiful, beautiful lady from Boston, Caitlin Calaluca, wow, Italian-Irish. And uh, so we've already, did, you know, of course, it's going to be tequila. She said, we can do a tequila fountain. But we've got mm-hmm. a couple of people that are playing at our wedding. And she said, we are not turning this into a music festival. <laughs> yeah, the list is, uh, it's, um, it's humorous. So Añejo, uh, we did have to load up on all that. So we're going to have an, an Añejo tequila fountain. Oh, how fun. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, so that's great. Uh, the idea of just a fountain of tequila. A fountain of tequila. Ah, uh, see, this is a, maybe that's the title of the show, A Fountain of Tequila.
All right. We'll be back for another segment here. Uh, and we haven't tasted any beers yet, so we'll get to that in the next uh, segment. But, uh, Stuart, if you can uh, stick around and uh, and hang with us, it's uh, Smoking and Toasting, episode number 38. I love this song. I love this band. Just in my chair right here. The Suffers uh, from Houston, Texas, by the way. Uh, welcome back. Uh, smoking and Toasting. Uh, the Captain Obvious segment of the program. The FDA has uh, completed a study that finds children are not smoking handmade cigars. It was a study the FDA partially funded, but then decided not to even print. And the New England Journal of Medicine uh, picked it up and printed. They studied and analyzed uh, the tobacco use of, it sounds funny to even say this, of 13,651 children ranging in age from 12 to 17 years. And the data showed that only only 2.3% had ever smoked a cigar, and less than 1% had tried one within the last okay, uh, the so past 30 Okay, so at days. this point in time, uh, I want everybody to take their palm yes. and contact their forehead <laughs> <Yeah>. rapidly. <laughs> yes. And please you, say this word with me. So, yeah, your tax dollars were in, yeah. involved. Uh, you know, so, so it, it's amazing. I wonder if we dig around, if we can find out how much they actually spent on that. I, I will I will look for that. I don't know. Because I find that most bureaucracies spend a lot of time trying to justify their own existence. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of things even even beyond bureaucracies <laughs> that, that do that. You're absolutely right. So That, that uh, makes me think of the, the, the Vogon bureaucracy in the uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy where mm-hmm. you have to... Do the paperwork and triplicate and bury it for three months and then un- you know dig it up and so I just like to point out by the way the next time that you make fun of me on the show for doing like a Star Trek reference that you just did a Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy reference so well yeah but see I do understand that I'm geeky in my own way but I'm geeky about really really cool yes, things that's what you always try to say <laughs> that's right uh, Stuart's Gloss is here with us from uh, Vida, and we have uh, normally Stuart we require our guests. Uh, to taste the beers and stuff with us. You're getting a pass because you have to drive to, uh, uh, where'd you say? You're going to LaGrange? Well, yeah, LaGrange, yeah. oddly enough. Yeah. So, oh, oh, uh, oh, so, oh, <laughs> so we're going to we're gonna give you a pass this time, but next time you're drinking with us. And, and I'm going uh, to pick up my dog, which is even more oh, kind of Texas country. That's, Rock and roll. that's yeah, pretty yeah. awesome. What kind of a dog is it? Uh, he's a Red Merle, uh, a uh, Australian Shepherd. I've actually seen your dog, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. very cool. Actually, Billy Gibbons took him for his first uh a uh, bath. I'll share you got a picture with you guys. They had a, a mobile grooming truck that came oh, up. Yeah, brilliant. I love it. Uh, Billy Gibbons. You need a T-shirt that says "Billy Gibbons bathes my dog." You know that would. Be, you got to get your. You got to get your card that says "Friend of Billy." Yeah, right. that's right. <laughs> so, uh, real quick, we're going to taste the um, Galveston Island Brewing Citra Mellow IPA, and um, I, I will say that. Galveston is not necessarily known for fine beer, so I'm hoping this bucks the trend. Well, let's see. Uh, you know, when we went to the Brewmasters Festival last mm-hmm. year, there were a couple Galveston and Galveston area breweries that were pretty good, actually. Yes, and I can already tell you. I just sipped this. This is great. Yeah, one of them had I'm a uh, this. had a goza that was quite delicious mm-hmm. too, and mm-hmm. it might have been might have been this one i can't remember now wow that's really that good so it's galveston island brewing is the name of this one and it's a citramello ipa it's, a, it's in a kind of a green uh fronted can and uh what do you think i i, I love it 
It says uh, uh, B-O-I, which apparently stands for Brewed on Island. Brewed on Island, okay. Nice. Yeah. Uh, you know, this is this is very drinkable. Uh, mm-hmm. It is mellow. It is, it's not... Uh, it's very grapefruit up front, I think. Yeah, uh, very got grapefruit a very, up front. Uh, almost, maybe not even just grapefruit, maybe like mixed citrus is what I'm kind of getting there. Maybe, yeah. Mm, I like it's it. A, it's a beer that's going to be always better cold. You I know, think so. You know? I think so. Uh, it's quite drinkable. Like if you came over with a six pack of this, we'd definitely finish it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's a six point four percent. I like it. This is the first time I'd actually spotted this um, in it the leaves a Houston area. good linger, like a good mm-hmm. aftertaste Got after a nice after finish. The whole yeah. Thing. yeah, nice finish. Nice. That's really good, and it actually pairs rather well with the uh, tequila we've been sipping. So, like it I says, drink like. responsible, drink local, right on the can. Ah, I like it. I like it. It's all. It's all. All good advice. Um, Stuart, when you started uh, Buravira, how long did it take you from that day you said, "Okay, I'm doing it," until you held the first bottle in your hand? You know, it took me about a year and a half. Yeah. And, uh, interesting enough, we had a. Uh, one of our investors said, hey, I've got a friend who's he's got some money, he's got a construction company, and he wants to start his own tequila. And I said, you ought to come join us. This guy came and met with me, and he said he's got $2 million, and he's going to go down to Mexico and build his distillery and buy some land and do the, the dream deal. And I said, for $2 million, you can get your ticket, you can hire your lawyers, <laughs> and you can hire your land and then the you know buy your land and then the trouble start. Um, Or the challenge starts. I don't want to say trouble. So it takes a lot of time, a lot of hard work, and unfortunately a lot of money because the business we're in these days, it's all about the big boys. When you go into a McCormick and Schmitz and a House of Blues, you look at that back bar, Mm -hmm. every one of those companies are multi-billion dollar companies in these national accounts, and you've got to fight for that space. And just like downtown Manhattan, you've got to tear something down to build something new. Right, And so we have to go in there day after day after day and work our way into that stuff. So it takes a long time to get – once you – I'm kind of rambling a little bit, but once you get to that point where you can start selling, that's when everything really starts. Well, and you always have to fight that known factor, too, because, right. you know, like the people know a lot of these other names. Oh, and course. they don't always know the name on your bottle, even if your uh, product is superior. No. You know, it's interesting you say that. When JP and I, John Paul DeJore, when we sat down, we were talking about pricing, he said, Stuart – Basically, stay the hell out of my price point, because not because I don't want you to be there. It's because I don't want you to lose all your money. We spend over $100 million a year on marketing. It's $100 million. So think about that. They have to sell the amount of money they have to sell to be able to generate that type. If we wanted to go get a billboard in the top 20 MSAs, one billboard at 5000 a apiece, mm-hmm. do the math on that over 12 months. Mm, right. You know, the, but that's what a Patron is going to do. Patron is going to do yeah. 200 billboards. Right. So how do we make it different? We've had great organic growth. We are now of the $25 and above tequilas, number 17, which mm-hmm. is fantastic. There are over 1,600 tequilas out there. and um, That's just wow. exploded in the last like, 10, 15 it's years. Nuts. It's crazy. We're very fortunate. We are at the International Wine and Spirits Festival. Our Sangrita won Best Sangrita. Our Bloody Mary mix won Best Bloody Mary. Wow. And we're entering our orange liqueur for the first time. And this is actually the orange liqueur that was used to make the first margarita back in 1941 at Husongs in Ensenada, Mexico. Good now, segue. I'm smelling your yes. orange liqueur. Oh, that was brilliant. <laughs> I get the impression he's done this before. <laughs> uh, Stuart, uh, tell us about uh, about this uh, orange liqueur because uh, this, this, you said, was used to make the first The first margarita? one. All right. 
everybody here has been to Mexico. And you come back, and he's like, how in the hell do they make those margaritas down there taste so good? And when I come home, what I make tastes like hell. The secret is the orange liqueur. Oh. So the margarita was invented in 1941 using shaved ice, lime, tequila, and a orange liqueur that I can't say the name on. Um, on you can Google it the, on air. We got in a lawsuit with Remy Martin Quantro over the name of our other brand. So the original name of this that they sued you over, you aren't allowed to even say. Well, not. I, I don't want to go down that road again. <laughs> gotcha, we already gotcha. spent a little bit of money, but oh, and we've um, had we've had our own little name issues here on the program. That's true. So. That's true. And yes. it, it was so. such. The, the problem is ninety percent of the revenues come from margaritas. And so they sued this company in Mexico and lost in the 1970s. And then they went to the owner and said, we want to buy this company. And he said, you don't sue me in my country and then come to me and try and buy my country. I got more money than my 13 grandchildren can spend. Get the hell out of my office. So they left. And then he, when we went and tried to – we bought this. And he said, you will be sued the second you take it to the United States. And he said, I'm not interested. And we said we'd indemnify him. And he said, all right. The day it hit a shelf, we got sued by a French law firm, a Dallas law firm, and a New York law firm. Nice. Wow. <laughs> yeah, and it was. So we wound up settling. And um, and part of was, the settlement was that you would change just the, the name. Yeah, right? just to so, change the name. So yeah. the biggest difference, like a lot of people, when, when they make a margarita now, like even a fresh margarita is fresh squeezed lime, fresh and squeeze they lime. use a simple syrup to sweeten it. They use this. And then, uh, and then they add the tequila, and that's what we get a lot of times as a margarita here. But this, you don't add a simple syrup. You use this And this is right here. proof. And this has so you got to watch it. You, you pour oh, that, an ounce of that, an ounce and a half ooh, of tequila. Pack of wild. I'm yeah. so excited to try a margarita with this because it's delicious it's on its fantastic. own. It's fantastic. We did a taste well, it's test. Great just for sipping. And I yeah. love a margarita. Like I'm used to having a margarita, uh, like you know, already made that way that I'm used to, and then having uh, a, a orange liqueur poured on top. But this is actually the orange liqueur being the sweetness well, in a margarita. If you go down to, uh, for instance, Escalantes, which is mm-hmm. a great Tex-Mex right, right, there right. Are, We have so many fantastic ones. El Tiempo, Armando's. Mm-hmm. Um, that that yeah, chimichurri sauce nice. that El Tiempo has. Oh, mm-hmm. God, that's good. <laughs> but just, it, like, I could eat that with tree bark and it'd be fine. <laughs> like, I don't even care. <laughs> well, Escalantes uses uh, Narana exclusively for their margaritas. Nice. And um, now others are starting to catch no on. No wonder their margaritas are so good because yeah, they right, are. They right, have right. great margaritas. Oh, there. they're fantastic. And uh. And we've got a great. We just made a, a deal with um, a group. He's he with a, a gentleman who's probably the industry leader for taking brands to a whole new level. We made a verbal agreement last week, so they are taking over sales and distribution for Naranja or Orange Liqueur um, worldwide. They will take it, and then also our Sangrita and our Bloody Mary and Bloody Maria mix. What does Naranja mean? Naranja means orange in Spanish. And we were okay. sitting there, and during the the lawsuit, I said, "Can we, um, you know." The, the names, we went through the names. I said, well, let's get this thing settled. We'll do a name change. And everybody's okay, great. And so they said, y'all want a little while to think about it? And it came to my head. I was like, "What's what a more perfect name? Orange. That's mm-hmm. it. So orange in Spanish. So you guys skipped right over badass margarita making stuff? Right. But, to but, <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Gotcha. Okay. It does look a little better on the bottle, I think, than your <laughs> idea, Ian. But, uh, <laughs> but I got to say, I would have stopped... To, to look at any bottle that was labeled. So in out. my mind, that's that's margin slightly in, yes, and then exactly. just kind of runs out of room on the far side. Of the, well, the price point label. is so great with this too. We're we're about what is what does it sell for? We are a, a third of the um, leading brand and two thirds of the second leading, the highest most expensive Grand Marnier. We, we're we are the cost. We are a, uh, we're a third of the cost of Grand Marnier and and two thirds. Wow. Now that's something about uh, Pura Vida tequila yeah. that I always thought is like. 
you could have made this a much more expensive tequila. We could, and tequila. we've actually we got approached by one of the world's largest distributors um, recently, and uh, that's a whole other pricing scheme. They want us to raise the price by 5 to $8 per bottle. Really? And we said no. Wow, that's really interesting. We'll come back to that because I want to know how did you pick your price point? Yeah, and, absolutely. And is that something you can do before you make the tequila or is it something that has got to happen You know, once you know what you're We you reversed got? engineered it. All right, so we'll get to that when we come back. It's Smoking and Toasting. Welcome back to Smoking and Toasting, and I have to say, this is like my ultimate show because we're having Pura Vida Tequila and IPAs, and so we're actually going to run out. We always seem to run out of time to taste the Mumford & Sons IPA, uh, but we will today probably run out of time to also taste. I think we're going to save this uh, smashed and grabbed and hop toasted or I'm. I'm not, uh, the, smash, the one from smash grabbed and hopped. The dusted. one from Michigan. We're going to yes, save that. We're going to save that because we'll do a, a Michigan show because I think I have some other and some, uh, yeah. Michigan beers at the house too. But you you brought. I want to get to this beer that you brought. This is the uh, Dogfish Head 120 Minute IPA, and yes, I'm <sighs> liking that. Yes, very good. <laughs> and uh, even Stewart says he's going to have a little little bit of this. To, oh, okay, so to I, I just looked it up because it doesn't actually say on a bottle, but this is 18. Mm. percent Wow. So Stuart doesn't get much. That's a lot. <laughs> yeah, for any of those police officers out there listening, I'm driving, uh, and I said I was driving to Lukenbach. I am in a bright red Nissan Maxima. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well done. Yeah. This smells nice. Very yeah, nice. you can yeah. smell this across the room. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Boy, this is, like I said, this is my dream show, you know? It really is. Um, well, that was funny because earlier I was like, do I need to bring beers? And you're like, no, I got these other ones. And I said, I got an IPA. You're like, what? <laughs> it's like, who are you and what have you done with Ian? Because I'm usually the guy Well, that I don't usually see this at the, the store. And, I, you mm. know, I've, I've, you can listen to a ton of our uh, podcasts. I will tell you, Dogfish had 90 Minute. They hit the spot mm-hmm. so well on 90 Minute. Baby monkey puppy. puppy. Good. Baby monkey puppy. <laughs> uh, this is... This is really delicious, though. So, so uh, they take their name of their IPA because they have a sixty-minute, a ninety-minute, and a one-twenty-minute IPA, and they take the name from the amount of time uh, for a certain part of the brewing process. Is that for the right? for the boil, yes. Mm-hmm. So this says right off of the label, it says, "What you have here is the holy grail for hopheads." This is fantastic. This beer mm-hmm. is continually hopped over a hundred and twenty-minute boil. So I guess that's. How long they hop and the they beer? And they just keep adding hops, yeah, yeah, and then dry hopped for over a month. Wow, yeah. <laughs> Enjoy now or age for a decade or so. So, what's <laughs> funny about that is like IPAs generally you want to drink fresh, but there are certain like I guess when you tip the balance when you get so far ahead on your IPA, <laughs> yeah, you, you have something that's very ageable. It's it's delicious, by yeah, the way. It really is, and it uh, is eighteen percent. Mm, so, I'm getting I'm getting some fruit notes that you don't normally get in an IPA, like some uh, um, even a little bit of that almost. You know what I'm really enjoying is it goes really well with the tequila that we <laughs> had as well. Like it really lays on the tongue so well. Um, it's hop front, but it's not a hop slap. It's, it's no, you're right. Delicious, and there's big maltiness to it, and a hop bitterness that carries the entire way through. It's so balanced and fantastic. What, like what I really like about it is the malt is prevalent enough that it keeps it from just being bitter. The, the pine cone hop, real, thing. real bitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It keeps keeps a lot of the bitterness out Absolutely. of there. I could so. drink this. I've never yeah. been a 
I really didn't know what IPAs were, and I was in Boston with my fiance at a um, at a Bruins game, and she mm-hmm. was tried all these different IPAs, and that's kind of the passion up there. And I tell you, it uh, is yes. this is the best IPA I've ever had. Well, well this this will, is an amazing IPA. I yeah. will tell you from when I lived in Boston, that's when I kind of got hooked on IPAs because uh, just like here in Texas, the sort of beer that every bar seemed to have, other than the the couple of big boys was they would have Shiner. Shiner Bach is like available pretty much everywhere. When I got to Boston, the sort of Shiner Bach of that area, if you will, that was on tap at all the bars and stuff was Harpoon IPA, the Harpoon Brewery right there in Boston. Which is a and, good IPA. Uh, yes, it is. And that's what got me... Uh, that's what got me into the whole uh, IPA thing, but uh, so yeah, I think of Boston as a very IPA uh, kind of city. We have a bunch of IPAs at our place, and since we live in the same building, if you don't mind the long ride down to the lower floors where us yes. common folk live, yes, right, since you're up there at the top of the ivory tower, <laughs> you can come down and try some. Uh, well, this is uh, this is good stuff, man. Good, good stuff, um, uh, Stuart. Bit of tequila. I want to talk a little bit about price point uh, because. One of the first things I thought when I bought my first bottle of Pura Vida, it was, it was I expected it to be more expensive. We did, you know, and, and the look is what we what we're trying to do. Everybody likes to walk into a party with the purple bag, the Crown Royal. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to walk in with a bottle of George Dickel. You know, although everybody loves George Dickel, you know, it's, it's all you know, about that pack. I got to say though, even though the the bottle itself is not a really fancy bottle, it looks like it would be pricey too. It's a classic. Like, it, it's bottle, a good you know? feeling. Like it's got it's that, that weight. Tactile. Yeah, right. Yeah, that yes. weight. So like we want to become the you crown. Put lead weights wall. in the bottom of your bottle? No, I didn't. In my guns, when I was growing, when I was little, your BB guns and pellet guns. You know, you wanted to anyway. feel like the real thing. Uh, but yeah, so the price point we wanted to be JP John Paul DeJoria, the owner of Patron. Um, same thing with Tito. We said that Tito's a great friend of mine, Tito's Vodka. We, we did, they did the business plan with me together. Um, JP said, you want to be at about 75% of the cost of Patron because that's a different price segment. There's four right. price segments in liquor. You have value or economy, which is usually 15 and below, mm-hmm. premium, which is 15 to 25, super premium, which is 25 to 40, and 40 and above that's ultra premium. So we're a ultra premium product at a super premium price point. Interesting. At a place like uh, Specs or Gabriel's or Twins here in Texas, goody goody. Um, we're about twenty nine ninety nine to thirty two ninety nine on the Blanco, mm-hmm. and add two to three dollars on each each um, uh, step grade up. you go up. Yeah, right, right, right. So we wanted to make sure that everybody could afford it because these days the college—I don't want to say college kids, college young adults—you know—we used to buy a keg for fifteen dollars. Mm-hmm. You know, that was just after Jesus was born and right before the Civil War. And um, <laughs> just just how old were you when they invented dirt? Right, right. It was the wheel, actually. I, 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 oh, you were. After uh, then dirt I started working on the internet right after, after that. Dirt uh, before the wheel. Gotcha. It was you and Al Gore. I remember. Absolutely uh, right. So uh, and together we made a uh, paper. What was that stuff with the whiteout? Oh, whiteout. Yeah. yeah. No, that was the guy from the monkeys. His yeah. mom and his mom did. Yeah, yes. out of Corpus. Yes, yeah. I know. Awesome story, uh, Stuart. How? Um, so, how did you decide on? Um, the the it was all about marketing. Well, then, it, or, or, or what I wish it was all about marketing in. from being right. able to go out and you know we the marketing part was I wanted to deliver a ultra premium product at a super premium to premium price point. Mm-hmm. The problem is in this business you need all the dollars you can get for marketing. You really do. A five million dollar marketing budget is nothing, and we mm-hmm. don't spend five hundred thousand. You know, mm-hmm. wish we could, but um, so our profit margins are really about twenty to thirty percent less than they should be because we want to make sure we can deliver this product to people so that everybody can try it. Is it is it difficult to deliver to your demand? Because I know you've expanded out. You're available 
all over the United States here. And I know there was one point. We just in time ran out in Texas last <laughs> week. I got that call from our yeah. distributor, R and D C. You know, are you well, out of your goddamn mind? You, I, you, I mean, you got to have bottles supplied. You got to have it, the top supplied. You got to have like there's all these things that have to be. How do you keep up? Is well, it, and I just got back from meeting with our glass company too. They only do a blue glass campaign twice a year, so we have to have six months of inventory minimum, really nine. But then our bottles, we do instead of paper labels, we actually hand silk screen those bottles on. Some people call it child labor. We like to refer to them as interns. <laughs> <And> <laughs> but we uh, so those are hand painted on, and so we have to pre paint the repo, the añejo, the blanco. Wow, wow, yeah. that's see, that's that's a whole. It's truly hand. Crafted. When yeah. somebody says, "Oh, we're, we're handcrafted," don't give me that crap. This is every, <laughs> this is every really, part of ours. This is, is really handcrafted. And is every dongle hand tied? Absolutely. Yeah. So as you can see right here, they are all hand tied. Nice. Yeah. And then the yeah. pictures on the front. For uh, those of you who don't know what a guys, dongle is, yes, that is the the thing that they put on a bottle that hangs there and either has a pendant or some sort of some sort of. Uh, uh, advertisement yeah, yeah we used to use uh corn shucks it mm-hmm. kind of gave that you know like the tamale shucks right, That's right. Cool. but um it was just so difficult trying to get yeah. the amount yeah. <laughs> no the but amount you gotta you, you got a right? nice yeah. uh, the, the nice uh little rope here feels good yeah Stuart, uh tell me about there's so much of this going on both in the craft beer industry as well as in the spirits industry particularly with the smaller and more uh, craft uh, oriented spirit companies about them being gobbled up by the big boys. Absolutely. Uh, t- how do you how do you feel about that for uh, Puerto Vida? Is that something you would welcome? We've, Is it something you would shy away from? We've danced we've done the dance twice. Yeah. Um, one of the groups one of the world's largest came at us and they wanted to buy uh, we, we actually had an agreement for them to buy 25% of us, and mm-hmm. then once they reached another stage, they were going to buy 26. Uh, they came back to us after I drove all the way up into the Northeast um, on one cold winter day right before Christmas and said, we want to do the same deal, the same valuation, but 56%. And our board of advisors told them told me to tell them to go fuck, fuck so, themselves. So, <laughs> and why is that? Like, what would, what would make your board of advisors not go, hey, that's a lot of money, let's take it? Well, what's, what's the, their the valuation at that point was $20 million. And right. um, we are already past that as far as evaluation goes. And once we really catch that wave, when Tito and I, when Tito sat down and helped me with my business plan, he was at 325,000 cases. And that was seven years ago. He did $4 million this I was going to say, that nice. vodka So has you exploded. catch the wave. Yes. Well, there's not a better marketer, not a better guy. I mean, well, you know, Tito and JP, I've got two of the most fabulous mentors. I've known uh, JP for quite some time and known Tito since I was, he rushed me in college when I was 15. Wow. Yeah. So. Wow. That's so. So, would you would you not welcome then? We like just did. We just did an agreement with okay. uh, a group that's taking our orange liqueur, and we're, they're going to take over sales, distribution, everything, um, which is great. It allows us. They already have a tequila, so it allows us to ride that wave. They've got relationships that are just, and they really, buy they buy a percentage. So that does that do. mean that they don't get to actually change the product itself? No, or? we'll work together. It's all about a team effort. If you don't, you know, if you're partners, if you don't, if you don't enjoy doing what you do every day when you wake up. If you can do something different, and so that's our partners. We've we've chose this guy's a great great guy. Really can't divulge it right now yet because nothing's signed. But um, he's taken some brands that everybody here knows and, and taken them to the moon. And so we're honored to uh, have him as a partner. And it's going to be a great thing. Well, this has been fun. It's a uh, it's a man and his tequila dream that now is this uh, you know really thriving and and awesome tequila company. And I have no doubt that you'll have a lot more of those offers. Well, we hope so. We we found that we're kind of at the intersection of craft and beverage. 
Mm-hmm. And um, so we were really lucky that places like Thomas Keller, who owns Per Se, and, and the guys from Brennan's and other fine are starting to use this to cook with, too. So, so let me just go awesome. back one more time to how great this Onyeko is. <laughs> oh, my Amazing, God. Yeah. This uh, is the uh, it's it's a life. Fantastic. We're going to have to do some drinking after have this. A, so. Yes, we are. Stuart, have thank a, you so much. Guys, thank yep. you all so much thank for having you. me on. I appreciate a, it. Have a great week, everyone. We will talk to you again next week. By the way, our blind taste test of light beers is coming. We're working on it. We'll tell you more about it uh, next week. Have a great weekend. Uh, cheers. Cheers, guys. This is Radio Brave. Keep listening. It gets even better. Now let's do it up. Radio Brave.